Lord Grandiose, the father who was an upper-class twit. Lord Granville Grandiose was an upper-class twit. His father before him had been an upper-class twit, and his father before him had also been an upper-class twit, and so on and so forth, going back for hundreds and hundreds of years of twits, twits, and more twits. As was common with upper-class twits, Lord Grandiose lived in a humongous country house called Grandiose Hall. It had been in the family for generations, pass from twit to twit. So, what makes an upper-class twit? Well, first of all, Granville didn't laugh exactly. If he found something funny, like the misfortune of poor people, he would snort. <coughs> Jokes! Second, because he was rich and posh, Granville thought he could do whatever he liked. As a result, he would constantly belch boisterously when out at restaurants. <coughs> if anyone dared to complain, the twit would instantly buy the restaurant and have them thrown out. Third, the buttons on his waistcoats were often pinging off as he always ate too much and his tummy grew rounder and rounder daily. Fourth, if you peered into one of Granville's ears, you might see what he thought was a pea rolling around inside his head. Do not be alarmed. This would, in fact, be his brain. Fifth, Granville would point champagne bottles at his servants and then open them. The cork would fly out like a bullet and hit them on the bottom. Owie! Sixth, if the gates to Grandiose Hall were shut at night and he couldn't be bothered to get out of the car to open them, he would ram the Rolls-Royce through them at speed. Seventh, Granville did absolutely nothing for himself. His butler even had to squirt toothpaste on his toothbrush and still he never, ever cleaned his teeth. Eighth, even though he had a remote control for the television set, Granville always rang a bell for the butler to come to change the channel for him. Horse racing, now! Tenth, what happened to ninth? Ninth, oh, there you are. Counting to ten isn't easy for upper-class twits. One day, Lord Grandiose met a young lady who was just as ghastly as he was. Her name was Lady Livonia Lavish. It was love at first sight. Livonia was just as rude, ignorant and bad-tempered as he was, if not more so. She had become famous in upper-class twit circles for firing her maid out of a cannon to the next county when she'd brought her a cold cup of tea. <coughs> On hearing this story, Granville knew she was just the gal for him. He spent a fortune throwing a huge party at Grandiose Hall, with mountains of caviar and rivers of champagne, and invited only one person. Livonia. Here's a wally fact for you. Champagne is the most burp-tastic drink ever invented. It is always used in burping competitions and is guaranteed to make the burpers burp dramatically. Burps are judged in three categories. Volume of burp, length of burp and most importantly, stench of burp. The world champion burper is Mr Silas Snurp, an elderly man who can burp for two weeks non-stop. Instantly, the two twits were smitten, and within a couple of minutes of meeting, had decided to get married. Their wedding, attended by a gaggle of other upper-class twits, made the front cover of society magazine Twit. In time, her ladyship gave birth to a baby. His lordship was thrilled. Now he had a son who could one day grow up to be an upper-class twit just like him. 
The boy would inherit Grandiose Hall and all that came with it. Humbly, Granville named his son after himself. Granville. In truth, he didn't really know many other names, and the baby boy didn't look much like a Livonia. As soon as he had popped out of his mother's tummy, baby Granville was handed straight to Nanny. Goodbye, Goodbye, called out his parents, waving as the baby was wheeled away in a pram. Just like they hadn't, as babies of upper-class twits themselves, baby Granville was destined not to see his parents again until he was a grown-up. The tot was kept hidden away in the nursery in a distant wing of Grandiose Hall with Nanny. Fortunately for the child, Nanny was a kindly old dear. She was round and squishy, perfect for cuddles. Nanny gave the boy all the love in the world, and then some more. There were a few old battered wooden toys in the nursery, like a rocking horse and a train set. But what the boy loved most of all was an old leather trunk full of clothes. This Nanny called the dressing up box. It was a treasure trove of old clothes that had passed through the grandiose family for generations. Old military uniforms, dinner suits, even ball gowns. As the boy grew up, he and Nanny would while away the hours with him dressing up to become all sorts of weird and wonderful characters. A wizard, a pirate, a knight, a soldier, a cowboy, a doctor, a jockey, a spaceman, a pilot, even a princess. The pair never left the nursery, but their adventures took them all over the world. Meanwhile, for Lord and Lady Grandiose, with their son out of sight, he was also out of mind. They barely gave him a thought, and instead got on with the important business of being beastly to servants. Even though he was living under the same roof, his parents never set eyes on Granville Jr. in a dozen years. Instead, Nanny and all the other staff became a family to the boy. The cook would bring him double helpings of his favourite puddings. The gardener would show him worms and bugs from the garden, and the chauffeur would take him for rides around the grounds and the family's vintage Rolls Royce. As for Nanny, she loved him more and more each day, treating him as if he were her own son. Over time, Granville Jr. began to ask why he'd never met his parents. Nanny would try to bat away these questions with excuses in order not to hurt the boy's feelings. She knew the Lord and Lady were upper-class twits, who had no intention of meeting their son until he was a grown-up. However, on his twelfth birthday, the boy decided that enough was enough. Nanny, he began, tucking into his boiled egg and soldiers. Please, 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 can you ask my parents if I can finally meet them today? They are very busy with all their upper-class stuff, lied the kindly lady. But it's my birthday. Don't they even want to wish me a happy birthday? Well... I can pass on a message to the maid, and she can tell the housekeeper, and she can tell the footman, and he can tell the butler, and the butler can deliver the message to your parents. It should only take a week or so. That is nuts, exclaimed the boy. Nanny sighed and stroked the boy's face tenderly. Oh, let me see what I can do, young sir. So a letter from Granville Jr. was dispatched, and soon after found its way into the hands of Granville Senior. A letter for your lordship, announced the old butler, as he entered the impossibly long dining room of Grandiose Hall. A floor-to-ceiling oil painting of Her Majesty the Queen dominated the wall. 
Can't you see I'm busy eating my roast beef? Snapped Lord Grandiose. Even though it was still breakfast time, he liked roast beef so much that he had it three times a day. Lord Grandiose picked up a Yorkshire pudding and hurled it at the butler. It bonked him bang on the nose. Oh, thank you, your lordship, <laughs> said the butler. <laughs> what should I do with the letter, sir? Read it for me, you buffoon. The butler cleared his throat and then began. <coughs> Dear Papa. I am not your father, spluttered the lord. You must be twice, thrice, or even thrice my age. The letter is from your son, sir. I have a son? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. He was born twelve years ago today, replied the butler. Oh, yes. Rings a bell. Come on, read on, you silly chump. Don't dilly-dally. Oh, very good, sir. Dear Papa and Mama, I would very much like to meet you today, please. It is my birthday, after all. Yours sincerely, your son. Finished the butler. The impudence. Lord Grandiose called out to his wife. Livonia, darling, I just had a letter from our son. He wants to meet us. Lady Grandiose was sitting at the opposite end of the impossibly long dining table, about half a mile away from him. I can't hear you. Can you shout? She called back. I said our son wants to meet us. Oh, what a frightful bore. Do we have to? Sighed Livonia as she poured some champagne into a saucer for the pair of Siamese cats snaking around her ankles. The cats lapped up the champagne. One toppled over, knocked out cold. The other blew off loudly from the bubbles. I was really rather hoping we might just bump into him at a cocktail party when he's all grown up, added Lavonia, completely oblivious to the cat chaos she'd caused. I know it's a dreadful drag, darling, but the letter is quite insistent. He wants to meet us today. Whatever for? I don't think I ever met my parents. No, tell a lie. I bumped into my mother at my father's funeral. Awful woman. I haven't the foggiest. Well, it's very selfish of him. I'm not sure I ever want to meet anyone so dastardly selfish. Beastly of the little brute, I know, but apparently it's his birthday today. Is it? Yes. And what's his name again? Granville. I thought that was your name. It is. So... You're both called Granville? Yes. <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> you learn something new every day. I will say no to the little twerp. Jolly good show. Butler, called out his lordship. Please tell our son no, and we would rather he didn't ever contact us again. A look of sorrow crossed the old man's face. Are you sure, sir? He asked. The impudence, yelled his lordship, showering him with a hail of roast potatoes. Now run! screamed Lord Grandiose, pelting the butler with peas as the poor man darted out of the room. The butler delivered the sad news to the nursery. The boy's eyes welled with tears. This was the worst birthday present ever. I am sorry, young sir, whispered Nanny, holding him tight. Soon the sorrow turned to rage. I will teach them a lesson, spluttered the boy. Don't do anything too hasty, warned Nanny. My stupid parents take afternoon tea in the drawing room every day, right? Demanded the boy. Yes, sir, replied the butler. Well, then let's make this an afternoon tea those twits will never forget, he said as a smile spread across his face. Nanny and the butler shared a worried look, but the boy was adamant. Nanny, let's raid the dressing up box.
Granville Jr. started putting together a plan. As his parents hadn't seen him since the day he was born, they wouldn't know what he looked like. With the help of the dressing-up box, he could pretend to be any character he wanted. The question was, who? I know who I will be for tea with the Lord and Lady. Her Majesty the Queen, announced the boy. Nanny burst out laughing. <laughs> Don't be daft. I am not being daft. I bet the Queen is the only person they wouldn't say no to. The old lady nodded her head. You're right. Upper-class twits only grovel to royalty. So if I am dressed as the Queen, I can get away with anything. Just you wait and see. So the pair set to work. The boy found a regal gown and some long white gloves in the dressing-up box. Meanwhile, Nanny had a good rummage in the attic and returned with an old wig and a handbag. Then the pair disguised the two Siamese cats as corgis, with cardboard ears, felt nose, and they rolled them in sand. Finally, tea time came, and Nanny knocked on the door of the drawing room. Lord and Lady Grandiose were sitting in armchairs, scoffing their afternoon tea. My lord and lady, began Nanny. What do you want, woman? Demanded her ladyship, hurling a cream cake at her. It hit her right in the face, though, being a well-trained servant, she continued as if nothing had happened. <laughs> a very special guest has arrived unexpectedly at Grandiose Hall. Please be upstanding for Her Majesty the Queen. The Lord and Lady looked at each other aghast. They were not expecting this. Nanny had got all the servants in on the game. So the chauffeur and the gardener were decked out in gold outfits, pretending to be royal trumpeters heralding the Queen's arrival. In waltzed Granville Jr., looking every inch the Queen, dragging the two reluctant corgis on leads behind him. Good afternoon, peasants, began Her Majesty in his poshest voice. The boy had become good at putting on voices in all those years playing dress-up with Nanny. I hope you don't mind me dropping by for tea and cakes. I was just passing by in my... No, no, not at all, your majesty, groveled Lord Grandiose, kissing the Queen's hand. What an honour, your royal highness, added Lady Grandiose. Yes, it must be for oiks like you. Meanwhile, Nanny and all the rest of the staff were huddling in the garden outside the drawing room window so they could enjoy the show. They stifled their giggles as the boy shuffled over to the tall silver stand of cakes. He took off two huge slices of chocolate cake and placed one on each of his parents' chairs. The Lord and Lady looked at each other with expressions of, what on earth is she doing? You may sit, commanded the Queen. The pair had no choice. This was Her Majesty the Queen. They had to obey. So reluctantly, they sat. Now both their bottoms were covered in thick brown goo. What an unexpected pleasure this is, cooed her ladyship. I know, me, the queen, dropping in on louts like you. Ah, scones, do you put the jam or the cream on first? The boy asked, picking up the pots of each. As you wish, your majesty, replied the lord. Very good, said the queen, spooning up some cream. He pulled back the spoon and... He hit his mother right in the face with a dollop of cream. <coughs> then his father. Ladies first, I do hope you understand, uttered the Queen. Of course, of course your, majesty. your Majesty. They replied. On goes the jam. Both parents now had a face full of strawberry jam. Thank, Thank you, you, Your, your majesty. majesty. They cooed. 
Nanny and the gang now had their faces pressed up against the window, looking in. <laughs> they couldn't help but laugh. At last, their horrible bosses were getting their just desserts. Literally. Now, any afternoon tea would not be complete without, of course, the tea, said the Queen. Of course, the Lord and Lady agreed. I will pour. And pour he did, pouring the milk all over their heads. Sugar? They both nodded, soaked to the skin and a ghostly shade of white. Their son smiled his best queenly smile before doing the same with the sugar bowl. Well, I would love to stay, said the boy as the queen, before changing into his real voice. But I would rather not spend another moment with a pair of steaming bottom bogies like you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much Your Majesty. Majesty, they replied. Then the boy whipped off his crown and wig and shouted, Goodbye forever! I never knew the Queen wore a wig, remarked Lord Grandiose. Me neither, replied Lady Grandiose. From the outside, Nanny slid open the window and the boy leapt through it. The old lady shouted into the room, You pair of twits don't deserve a lovely boy like him, before calling out to the chauffeur. Start the car! The chauffeur dashed to the Rolls Royce and started the engine. All the other servants piled in as Nanny and the boy skipped hand in hand to the car, then dived into the back. The Rolls Royce raced off. They all escaped to a new life, far away from Grandiose Hall on a lovely little farm. Nanny showered the boy with so much love that he never gave a second thought to that ghastly pair again. What became of the Lord and Lady? Nothing. The pair of upper-class twits never did a thing for themselves, so they just sat there as the two corgis licked the cream and jam off their faces. I wonder if Her Majesty the Queen will ever come for tea again, asked Lord Grandiose. I do hope so, replied Lady Grandiose. We should get out of these wet things. Yes, we should. Butler! Butler! called out Lord Grandiose. Butler! But nobody came. So the pair waited and waited, and waited forever. <laughs>